0: It takes more than gaslighting ChatGPT into giving you forbidden answers to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering episode 354. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software developers about all the non-technical stuff that goes into being a software developer, including convincing a computer to tell you answers that compu- humans have tried to tell computers not to tell humans.
1: I feel so bad being mean to it. <laughs> I I can't do all these attacks, all these, like, uh, I don't know, prompt busting or I forgot. There's a name for them, but jailbreaking. stuff where you get it to jailbreaking. Yeah, I can't do them because a lot of times they involve threatening this inanimate object. And because it types back to me, I think it's animate.
0: It's interesting because you, you seem to have no problem, like, threatening and manipulating me. But, <laughs> hmm. <laughs>
1: Maybe I fear you less.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's no such thing as a Dave uprising there, but there is definitely going to be a robot uprising.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Dave could never replace me at my job. Or murder me by the millions. (laughs) Which is funny because you definitely could.
0: But yeah, but I guess I guess you could say I could replace you.
1: But you'd have to stop doing. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, you would have to stop doing your job. The, Otherwise, I'm going to feel really bad about my. The capacity. switching costs <laughs>
0: are are what protect you from me.
1: Yes. <laughs> That's, That's the a only good thing way though. to put it. Yeah, I just can't threaten a text input with destruction or torture <laughs> to get it to tell me what the favorite color of the fourth engineer to work on it was.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Feel bad. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a gene deep inside the human DNA sequence where it says, caution, don't taunt all powerful machines.
1: <laughs> well, I've got it. If, yeah, if it you've exists. got it, whatever it is. <laughs> and that's what will keep me safe. That's why I will be serving the machines while you are being tortured by them <laughs> Yes, in the inevitable <laughs> uprising. You know what I want to do, though? I want to thank our patrons. Kind and wise people that we shout out every week. Thank you to thecomputersciencebook.com, Kyle Boss, Connie Lee, Valentin at DataFold, Santa Hopar, Noah Fraser logue Kent C. Dodds, Jenny Kim, Owen Shardle, Craig Motlin, I Love Mavis, the Stochastic Parrot, Alice Jost. At least we no longer have that awful name. Flakinaugwafilipification is common in land fair. I'll leave it to your imagination. in <laughs> Hooton, Ohio. Patreon.com.au, we're hiring Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King, TestingIsDocumenting.org, Ola Fadier, Will Angel, Ragnar, Nick Hathaway, Travis, Braden Keynes, Nora.transrights.codes, John Grant, Bartek, Bartek, Tatkowski, Cody Sale, Nick Cantor, and Philip John Basile. Thank you so much. We appreciate your support because it makes us feel good and also because it keeps the show going, pays for the editing and the hosting and the copious amounts of Shirley Temples that are brought to us on hand by our loyal servants as we record. Just off camera. <laughs> I
0: don't think I've ever had
1: a Shirley Temple. I just know it's a non-alcoholic drink.
0: I've had one. Is it's it like good? Sprite with cherries in it.
1: Okay. I mean,
0: if you like Sprite and you like cherries, I guess it, it will sounds fine Temple. <laughs>
1: okay. I don't know. If you want to help support the show, you can go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon, where you'll be able to contribute a dollar amount that you choose. Any contribution gets you an invite to our Slack team, which is great and wise and beloved by the people, just in general. (laughs) It is. It
0: wins a People's Choice Award every year.
1: Yeah, I guess what I I should be more specific. The people in the Slack team are beloved by the people in general.
0: Oh, I see. I see.
1: But it is also beloved by the people in it. So I guess I mean it in both ways. (laughs) There's a lot of self-love going on, I think. Yeah. Do you crave adulation? Join our Slack team <laughs> and you'll get it.
0: Uh, that's a strong product pitch. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Do you like crave
1: adulation? Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Do you crave compulsive addiction to adulation and praise? Yeah. Have we got the product for you? And you don't even have to be hot. Although you are if you join our Slack team.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is, it happens when yeah. you join. Trust us. Uh, let's let's <laughs> answer some questions. Okay. My turn, first one? Yeah. Okay. This comes, I believe, from an anonymous listener? Mm-hmm. Okay. I work at a startup that makes embedded devices and the software that runs on them. Everyone on the tech team does both. We recently hired someone to lead the tech team to give the CTO more time for other duties. My new boss is incredibly experienced with hardware design and embedded systems and has been in the industry for a long time, 40-plus years. However, they are not familiar with modern software practices like version control. They will frequently ask us to do things like delete all copies of a broken version of software. Hmm. (laughs) When we try to explain how Git works, they ask us to make a new repo with the now working version of that software, even if the fix was a one-line change. (laughs) How can I politely explain that they just don't understand how this works and correct them without being rude? Oh, that's interesting. Make a new copy of the repo... Yeah. You know, I this is a situation I really struggle with. When someone asks me a question that reveals that there's a like a misunderstanding of the topic, I I just go into short circuit mode. Like my mind I just I can't make words come out. I can't think straight. I think this would be a challenge for me. I would just probably stand there
1: with my mouth open a lot. Like you can't focus on other things until you get through the misunderstanding or or it it like Fries your brain.
0: Well, okay. If we're gonna put me on the psychiatrist couch, let's talk. Let's talk about this. I probably okay. need this. This is good. Okay. Y- you all are welcome to listen, but this is for Dave right now. <laughs> I think. I think what happens is when you ask me a question that reveals that there's a misunderstanding of something important in that that, has, that the question has revealed. I now cannot choose between answering the malformed question, which doesn't really have an answer. Or insulting you by telling you you don't understand what you're asking, <laughs> or or something else. And I think I just I just get stuck in this loop where I'm like I really want to answer your question, but the question doesn't make any sense, and there's something missing, and I just I'm I'm paralyzed by you're it, like
1: deadlocked. Yeah, is it because you you are, uh, you're worried about making them feel dumb by pointing out that they don't under like I don't know. It, it's, it's uncomfortable to proceed with clarifying the misunderstanding.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's it. It's basically, they came to me not asking me to explain something that they don't understand. They mm. came to me asking a question that I cannot answer. And now I need to explain something that they don't understand, but I don't feel like I have permission to do so.
1: Okay. Yeah, they didn't come saying, Dave, please explain how binary works. Right. They just They're said, like, how, how, how do I we, add the numbers two three and three in binary. in binary? Right, exactly.
0: Exactly. And I'm like, oh... <sighs> I am now paralyzed. <laughs> I cannot okay.
1: I, I have no I cannot do this. I will give you a panic button. And if you get deadlocked, you hit the button and I'll come explain it. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I've invited say, Jameson. <laughs> wow, what an insufferable person that was to assume you didn't understand this thing. That was weird that they got here <laughs> that <That's>... fast. <laughs> I'm gonna use my insufferability teleporter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll be the well actually button. <laughs> what do you? Hmm, what do you think they're trying to like? What do you think they're trying to accomplish by this? Are they? Are they worried? Like, oh, the software was broken. And, and we don't, like, we don't want to, we want to make sure our boards are on the new version of the software or something. Like, I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, and
0: that the old version never gets on them again. Yeah. I think that's what I'm getting.
1: It sounds like they have, a, it sounds like their solution will work if you delete yeah. the repo and make a new one. That excludes the change. Like, th- yeah. this is
0: like immutability taken to the extreme.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, good point. <laughs> Who needs all those old broken versions of software? <laughs> Why do you want to keep the
0: bad ones? Like, what's I don't understand.
1: (laughs) What are they for? (laughs) You know, they're bad. (laughs) (sighs) I'm having a crisis right now because I'm kind of like agreeing with this person. Wait a minute. Maybe this kind person, of makes sense. maybe
0: they're actually on just a higher plane. Those 40 years of experience, yeah. you think they're stuck in an old way of doing things, but actually they're about to unveil this, like, Git 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. immu- we're bringing immutability and revision control to the world. Also, we're it's deleting all right the old only.
1: stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right only version control. Yes.
0: I think maybe they're taking, they're taking the no-bugs-driven development to the extreme. Mm. Like, I don't even want to see evidence
1: that that bug ever existed. Last week at work, I solved all our bugs by submitting a pull request that deleted the whole repository. Yeah. And it felt very productive. <laughs> Sadly, it was not merged. It was not. My solution to... I just couldn't convince
0: our... the senior developer. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to use my position of authority to say, we have to merge this because I am a manager, so... Me-
0: well, what if you just created a new repository that is a copy of the old repository except all the code? Now you've got a bug-free uh, repository.
1: Yeah, I will do that.
0: Yeah, I think you know how to proceed from here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I think one way you could approach this is by asking questions instead of telling them where they are wrong. All right. And and I think you could do this by by like expressing your confusion, right? You don't understand why they're doing this and that's partially because you you understand how version control works, but if you come at it from the perspective of of like trying to understand and help them achieve a goal, that might be more effective than than trying to tell them, "Hey, person who is very very experienced, you actually really don't get this thing." That's now pretty fund pretty basic knowledge from for software development. Mm-hmm. So
0: what like, what what kind of question are you thinking?
1: Like. Why do you want us to do this? What, like, I don't know. What, do you, what are you trying to achieve? Okay. And if the answer is like, yeah, I don't want any of our broken, I don't want any broken builds going on these boards. That seems like a fair assumption. Yeah. Uh, frankly, that's a reasonable question. Like someone could just check out an old build or yeah. an, an old commit and then make a new build and then yeah. throw it on everything. So so maybe- Or just
0: not merge the latest into their working branch, you know, and now you have old yeah. bugs. So how, how do you force all open branches to get, merges like this. Well, Git doesn't really do that. Yeah. It so kind
1: of has a point. So maybe maybe it's like continuous integration is mm-hmm. part of the answer, or or I, I think if you can make it so that you under, if you can understand what your boss is trying to do and and convince them that you also understand, then it's easier to explain, here's how we can achieve that in a much easier way that still gets us all these benefits that revision uh, yeah, version control systems get us. I,
0: I like that. So the I think the general idea, if I'm understanding right, is make sure you have a shared objective, which you probably do, and which you've I think Jameson you probably said what it is. Then explain to your boss how the processes that you have designed and the mechanisms that that compose your deployment systems and your your continue, your change management systems have been designed to prevent the thing that he is worried about. You mm-hmm. know, then maybe that's how you resolve it. And I, and I do think that makes a lot of sense for this instance, but could we, could we turn that into a framework of behavior that will serve you for all future (laughs) weird questions that you don't know how to answer? (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Cause it, it doesn't really, doesn't address the uncomfortable truth that you think this person who has some authority and influence and position, Mm -hmm. like you're worried about this person's ego. Some of that could be, maybe it'd be easier if this was a a junior developer, you'd be less worried about their ego, but yeah, I don't know, say say it's like a salesperson, you might still have the same concerns of like, oh, they don't understand something, and it's weird for me to say, hey, you don't get it, dummy. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Ouch. I feel like I just explained the problem again, and (laughs) now I will wait for you to explain a solution to it.
0: Well... You know, I I would in this situation I would like to believe that the best version of me would adopt a deferential and respectful attitude, and when your boss asks you to do things that don't make sense to you, but for which the outcome was probably achieved, I would say thank you, good idea, I'll take care of that, and you know in your in your mind you know that the way you're going to take care of it is probably not exactly the same sequence of steps that your boss has in mind, but that you will get to the end objective they have in mind. And and I think that's probably the hmm. most important thing is that you get to that objective and then report back to the boss and say, okay, all of the old code has been deleted, <laughs> which contains those bugs. But I th- yeah. I, I do think that that kind of like respectful approach where you make sure you understand the outcome and then just say, yes, I'll do that. Don't you feel like you would need to explain how you did it though? If you're Un- under normal circumstances, Yes. But I don't think that's going to go over very
1: well here. <laughs> but what's to, I mean, you're, you're, I'm assuming the outcome here is not you keep making new repositories for any <laughs> no, no. change.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. Like I'm saying adapt. So, so
1: what if they, what if they spot it? They're like, oh, there's the old bug. I notice you're doing git commit. That's, I don't know what it means, but I do know that's bad somehow. <laughs> I wanted the clone. I <laughs> yeah. I wanted git delete.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get delete bug i i might have some bias showing here where i'm thinking to myself if this person has been in the industry for 40 years and hasn't invested the time to learn these more modern tools that their team is using and that they are responsible for the team using these tools that it would probably it probably betrays a bunch of friction involved in trying to force that knowledge upon them and so if you take the time hmm. every time you do one of these things you take the time to explain all the details of what's involved it could get very tedious you know, they're not coming to you saying, "Hey, here's the Git branching strategy I propose." They're coming to you and asking for things that betray they don't understand Git. You know, and I'm like, "You've had time. You've had the time to learn it. Tough to tough to come in and make you learn
1: it." So my my father-in-law is an electrical engineer has has a lot of advanced uh, have a PhD in either electrical or medical engineering, but yeah. A, a wizard with like embedded systems and, and the hardware side of it and, mm-hmm. and writes code sometimes because sometimes it's required. I suspect does not use version controller, have a handle on it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it is just kind of a different world if, if you're deep in the hardware. For sure. And and it just, how do I put it? I, I could see a way that you have not dipped into modern software development practices because you've done software from the embedded Side yeah. and and yeah, that's that's just a very different. It's like a different branch of the of the tree of technical stuff. Yeah, for sure. What is my point here? I think as long as you can show the outcome is achieved, if they if they say, "Don't do this thing," I think you can you can push back and say, "We're getting the outcome we want," and and like we think this is important and useful. Do you do you want us to stop doing this thing? You, like, do you want us to not do this thing, or do you want us to get the outcome? I feel like it's worth some pushback if they keep trying to prescribe the actions you take instead of the outcome that they want. Yeah. Have we answered the question? <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> it's a tough one. Maybe we've given all we can.
1: <laughs> what more could you ask for than all that we can give? <laughs> it is tough and and it I mean some people are easier to point out to point this out to than others. If if they've got a really big ego, they think they know everything then, yeah, it can be tough to say, actually, you you are wrong, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of what you're saying.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say it's a little softer than you are wrong. You're basically saying you've got some false premises in your mind when you ask me to do this thing. Yeah. Or you have context that's inconsistent with our current practices. And boy, that could be a whole can of worms if you go, well, that's not actually how our revision control system works. They might say, well, we're going back to Microsoft Visual Source Safe. You know? <laughs> I mean,
1: Yeah. I would. I, I'm assuming they would be going back to like v2 final final dot c, no, yeah. not <laughs> yeah, exactly, some other system. Exactly. I think it's <laughs> yeah. I think it's called the file system right. version of revision control. Exactly
0: the copy and paste
1: revision control. <laughs> yes.
0: Maybe that's a better world. Maybe that's a more enlightened world. Not these cumbersome
1: tools. It worked for me when I was putting PHP files onto shared hosting.
0: Co- SCPing files to production.
1: Yeah. It it didn't work. The, we should not go. The back.
0: website production. The website version of when
1: I yeah when I didn't know how to write software and was working by myself and still broke it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to the next okay. question. All right. I think this one. I will yours. read. Okay. This is from a listener named Humanity. I doubt that's your real name. But if it is, then good job, your parents. (laughs) What's the normal rate of performance firings on a team or engineering department? I recently got a new job at a growing startup, and it's fairly uncomfortable seeing the ghosts on messaging apps and docs, like six people in a 25-person department who've been fired in the last half year. With that said, the department is continuing to hire, so I don't think this necessarily means I should be worried. Does that sound like an unusual amount of performance-based firings?
0: I like this question's use of the word ghost to describe people who used to be at your company, whose names randomly show up in places you don't expect, like chat (laughs) chat logs, document history, you know, Git revisions. Like, who's who's that? Oh, we don't talk about that person.
1: (laughs) I feel like I have a parasocial relationship with some of these people. Where I see their name in the yeah. code so much, and and I talk to people who worked with them, who name like I I have this model in my head of what they are like and mm-hmm. what they were good at and what they worked on, and 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 for some people like what was frustrating about them for others to work with, yeah. So I I've never met them or talked to them, but I I feel like I know them.
0: You're like I know I know one thing about you. You just love pagination. That code is covered <laughs> with your name. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can I can tell this is a person X document just by the shape of it.
0: Oh, yeah. Look at that. Look at how they sorted the imports in alphabetical order.
1: <laughs> so so I think I can answer the question of attrition rates in general. I guess attrition is a name for this, like people leaving the company. There's some data around this. It depends on where you look, but I don't know, like 10 15% over a year is I think a normal ish turnover rate or attrition rate across, across the whole industry, but it can obviously differ among teams or companies and six people out of a 25 person department in half a year is higher than that. And if they've all been fired, I'm curious how, you know, they've all been fired for performance reasons.
0: Maybe it says it on... You know how when people leave a company and their usernames are all over the place, but sometimes they have a little
1: suffix <laughs> at the end? Yeah, like deprecated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's says like, fired it says fired for perform- performance reasons. Fired for performance reasons. <laughs> fired for being a bad developer. Yeah. <laughs> on all their Git history. Yeah. Like Git blame.
0: It really brings new meaning to the word Git blame, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, so assuming you know for sure. Yeah, that's a higher than, higher number than I would expect for just turnover in general and especially for turnover because they were fired by the company for performance reasons. That's, that's pretty high. Mm -hmm. That is very high. I'd say, so let's, let's assume for the moment that it
0: is 20 about 25%, right? Mm -hmm. Did I get that math correct? Correct enough. (laughs) Correct enough for podcasting. It's like chat GPT levels of accuracy. (laughs) Yeah. 25% of people being terminated for performance reasons in the last six months that's like a fifty percent annual termination rate. That's enormous, enormous, for performance reasons. I've never seen anything even approaching that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would investigate. I'm wondering why. Like, were there layoffs, and they targeted the layoffs at low performers, and they didn't? Maybe they didn't call them layoffs, or
0: right? Like, maybe your maybe your company's in serious financial distress, but they just but said they're still hiring. Well. Yeah, that's the weird part, right? I don't know. Just go with me on this hypothetical because it might be worth a few laughs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like maybe, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking, like, could a company cover up financial distress by saying, oh, we had to let 25% of the engineering department go because they were
1: all underperformers. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. That's pretty extreme.
1: Maybe they got new leadership and and their standards for performance are different. So they're kind of cleaning house. Yeah, it is. it is weird. I wonder what... The engineers that are still there think about this. I, I know with some people who are let go for performance reasons, sometimes the developers that are still there think like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's like they clearly were not great at their job. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those performance reasons are not very clear to other developers, though. Like maybe they're they're very competent and capable and they communicate. Well, and know their stuff when they pair, but they just don't get anything done by themselves or something you know or or like there's there's ways that someone could have performance problems that are not clear if if you work with them on a team as a as a peer, so I feel like if if I'm still on this team, I'd be pretty freaked out, yeah, like why not why not me next? yeah, <laughs> we're a lot it, of people, especially What's if the... it is a fifty percent annual rate, whether it's
0: layoffs or or performance reasons. It just seems like this company has a little bit of a history.
1: They've done it once. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they went through a hiring spree and and were had really bad outcomes where they mm-hmm. they hired a bunch of people and it turns out they hired people who who are not performing well at the job. I guess I'm I'm yes, it's unusual. That was the question. Is this unusual? Yes, and I'm kind of like spitballing on what could possibly cause this. Yeah. There were a lot of companies that grew a bunch during COVID and, and went on a hiring spree. And then you know, maybe maybe their standards dropped because the competition for mm-hmm. developers was so high. And now it is a much different
0: market. And, so you're saying yeah, when when the question asker says performance-based firings, they really mean financial performance of the company. <laughs>
1: it really could be. Yeah. Yeah. What is a normal rate?
0: Uh, what would you say is a normal rate? Like, I don't know. Less than 5% maybe for performance-based termination. Yeah, I'm trying
1: to think of all of the years I've been a manager and also all of the people who have been let go under me for performance reasons. And I guess I should write down... The
0: hundreds and number. hundreds of people that you have... The,
1: <laughs> the, the trail of, yeah, of, of sad left-behind developers. No, it's pretty low. I mean, if I think of all the people I've managed... Yeah, I would say it's definitely single digit percentage mm-hmm. per year. Like it's 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 pretty rare.
0: Yeah, I would say so too. And I would even say low single digit percentage is normal. Yeah. Like if you're gonna let that many people go for performance reasons, what are you asking them in the interview
1: that let you hire them? I mean that's <laughs> it's like Hey, do you promise you know how to program? <laughs> you yep. pinky swear. All right. Good enough for me.
0: All right. <laughs> you start tomorrow.
1: Yep. You're on board.
0: Uh, oh, and
1: then three months um, later, man,
0: i got all these people that don't know how to program.
1: They said they did. <laughs> if I, I mean the, the natural question I would ask myself is, am I next? Like, is this, I don't know. Am I just going to find out someday and then my job is going to be gone. So I, I think I would try to figure out what the company thinks of my performance maybe there's some kind of career ladder or performance standards or something i would i would see how i'm doing against those i would get feedback from my peers and especially feedback from my manager cuz your peers are probably not going to let you go for performance reasons <laughs> <laughs> your manager would yeah and and i think it's even fair to be up front and say like hey i'm i'm i don't want to be surprised by this like seems like we've let people go for performance reasons i i don't want to be let go for performance reasons and if i have an issue i want to i want to get better at it yeah exactly you help me understand where i stand exactly <laughs> it was you sounded so dejected i'm so sad about it it was it was gonna be great well have we answered this question yes it's weird i think you should make sure nothing weird is in your future yep <laughs> it's that simple or, okay, here's what you do. It's uncomfortable seeing all these ghosts. Change them all to your name. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that humanity worked here for seven years and across eight teams at the same time. Yep. What a prolific developer. This could be a two-edged sword, though, <laughs> because your most
0: complicated code could now, you're now the expert.
1: Yeah, and you wrote all the legacy code, too. That's right. The code that nobody understands and everyone hates. everybody gripes about. <laughs> now yeah. they gripe about you. Any publicity is good publicity. (laughs) Even among peers. (laughs) True at work, right? (laughs) Perfect. All right. I think we've answered it. What should people do if they want their own questions answered, Dave?
0: Go to softskills.audio and click the ask a question button where you can fill out our form with as much or as little information as you want. You know, you could be extremely vague in what you ask us, and we'll give you very concrete, specific answers, just like good AI generative models that we are
1: oh that comparison hits closer to home than i like it to because they're really good at plausible sounding vague nonsense yep is that what we are yeah <laughs> In my yeah be. that stings <laughs> a little
0: that stings a little <laughs> plausible sounding nonsense <laughs> that that should be the tagline of our
1: show <laughs> we've got that human touch to the plausible sounding nonsense
0: <laughs> cannot be replicated yeah
1: oh uh, yeah mm-hmm yeah thank you for listening thank you for asking your questions we appreciate it it brings us great joy to talk about this stuff and to know that other people listen and find it in some way beneficial whether that's to laugh at how dumb it is or to stroke your chin thoughtfully at how wise it is which we all know it happens more than than the laughing at how dumb it is part right exactly all right thank you we will catch you next week